is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi everybody, good morning, welcome, great to see you, thank you for being with us, uh, so good to be together again uh, in, in this way, and uh, I today want to look at Nehemiah chapter 7, so the last time we were in Nehemiah, uh, if you were with us, you may remember I made some comments on Nehemiah chapter 6, I completely failed the name pronunciation test at the end of chapter six there. Sorry about that. I've been practicing since. And uh, we began then to look at the first few verses in Nehemiah chapter seven. So let's read those again and remind ourselves of, uh, of the verses and then we'll dive straight into the passage. So this is beginning part of Nehemiah uh, chapter seven. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at, their own, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that we're learning uh, in the book of Nehemiah. And we pray now that you would teach us once again from these few verses that we've read. Would you help us to understand what we've read and would you help us to apply it to our lives? We ask it now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So we said last time that the wall now has been completed in just 52 days. Quite, quite a remarkable feat, really. This, that's, that's some going and, and some building that the uh, the people of God have been, been doing there. But even though the wall is now complete, Nehemiah's job is far from over. His next job is to appoint the gatekeepers, the musicians uh, and Levites. He also appoints his brother Hananiah and the military commander Hananiah as leaders in the city. And he tells them to appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards some at their own posts, some at their, their own houses. So there, there's, there's gatekeepers, there's guards, there's musicians, Levites, or we might say teachers being appointed here. Uh, and this reflects both the physical and the spiritual needs uh, of the people. Now, Next week, Rupert is going to look at the importance of teaching God's law, teaching his word. We, we find Ezra reading it in Nehemiah chapter 8. So we're not going to look today at Levites. We'll, we'll come to them next time. Similarly, in a future week, we're also going to look at the appointing of the musicians and the singers. So helpful for a worshipping community. So we're not going to look at them today either. Last time, when we looked at this passage, we considered the gatekeepers and, uh, and we talked about the importance that they had in, in Jerusalem. 
So if you want to recap on that message, you can listen to the preach on the 21st of March. Today, we're going to hone in on the guards or watchmen, as they're sometimes called. Now, both the gatekeepers and the guards or watchmen had an important role in terms of guarding the city and keeping it safe. A watchman would be stationed on a city wall in order to watch and to see who was approaching. Other words which describe the same role might be sentry or guard or lookout. Now, it was the watchman who would look out literally for the enemy approaching and then warn the inhabitants of the city and tell the gatekeepers to shut the gate firmly. Watchmen were also stationed in lookout towers to watch over fields or vineyards to, to protect the crops from thieves and wild animals. The watchman here needs to be ever vigilant. There's no sleeping on the job allowed. His job was to watch and to warn. Scripture talks elsewhere about this role of the watchman. Ezekiel 33, for example, gives us quite a grave warning for watchmen who fail in their role. It says this, Ezekiel 33, verse 6. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. But I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Watchmen were held accountable for their role. This is a serious and important job. Now, as well as watching for enemies approaching, the watchman would also watch for messengers approaching. Remember, these are days before mobile phones, before the internet, before you know those, those phones that came on wires. Remember those, any of those? Before even shortwave radio, if you're old enough and geeky enough to remember that. And yes, I am. Messengers, uh, messages will be carried from city to city by messengers, literally carrying it in their bag or satchel to another place. And a watchman needed to be alert and looking for them approaching as much as they were alert and looking for enemy approaching. Now, as we've said, a watchman needs to be on the lookout. They need to be alert as to what's going on around them. And, and the New Testament actually has quite a lot to say about being alert and, and being on guard. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Be alert and of sober mind, he says. Paul says this to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16. He says, be on your guard in verse 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Now, these are just two examples. Be alert. Be on your guard. These are instructions to all of us today as Christians, even more so to leaders. Now, I'm going to apply this in a moment to us, but before I do, let me just make a comment about this phrase which we're going to use, watchman on the wall. Now, 
in certain parts of Christendom that I've come across over the years, the, the phrase watchman on the wall is, is quite a common one. And sometimes you can be led to think that this is a special and unique calling, you know, a rare gift which, which only a few people have or can even aspire to. The phrase is often rooted in this passage in Nehemiah. And even though you don't find the actual words, watchman on the wall right here, you do get the sense of what it describes. Now, in the New Testament, you don't find this role, title or, or gift listed in the same way as you find other roles or, or gifts listed. Now, I don't believe that being a watchman is a special call only for the few. Look at the passage and you'll see that in Nehemiah chapter 7, it's residents that are appointed as watchmen or guards. These are the ordinary, everyday people. These are the ones that are being appointed as watchmen on the wall. And we'll see in a few moments together that actually the same is true for us in the spiritual sense in God's church. You don't hear this phrase and switch off and think, oh, it describes some sort of other person, some sort of special, unique Christian, which you can never be. No, listen, I believe that we are all called to be watchmen. We are all called to keep guard and to keep watch. And we'll see in a moment as we uh, look at some things together that there are things that I believe God wants to apply to our lives for all of us. So we're all called to be watchmen and watchwomen in different situations and different scenarios. So let's ask ourselves the question then, how do we act as watchmen or women? What are some things that we can be watching for? Well, I've got five pointers for us today. How do we act as watchmen and women? These five things I think will help us to apply the passage. So Number one, firstly, watch yourself. Watch yourself. In Acts 20, verse 28, Paul says this. He says, keep watch over yourselves. He, he's speaking to the, the leaders, the, the elders of the Ephesian church. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Before we're called to watch over anyone else, any other situation or group of people, we're called first to watch over ourselves, to watch ourselves. This is the most important and perhaps arguably the most difficult role that we're called to. You've got to look out for yourself first before you can take care of anybody else. It's just like when you're on an aeroplane. Do you remember those things that used to fly to other countries that some of us would, would go on every so often? <laughs> well, it's just like when you're on an aeroplane. You, you may remember the instruction that's given out before the aircraft takes off. You're, you're told that if the air pressure drops, then these oxygen masks will, will fall from uh, the panel above you automatically. And remember, you're told if you're traveling with, with children or, or other vulnerable people, you need to fit your own mask 
before fitting theirs. And yeah, you know, probably you thought, well, that's a bit odd. If I'm there with my child, I, I want to fit their mask quickly, don't I? But uh, you need to fit yours first. What if they struggle or, or argue with you? You know, you're going to be running out of air as you're trying to fit their mask. You, you need to fit your own first. You have to fit your own mask before taking care of somebody else. And you have to watch over yourself before watching over someone else. How do you do this? Well, one way of doing this is by asking yourself some hard questions. Ask yourself perhaps some of these questions. How is your walk with God? How is your prayer life? If you're married, how's your marriage? How are your finances? How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing physically? Are you keeping fit? Are you healthy? How are you doing relationally? And there'll be other questions that we could add to the list as well. Now, depending on what your answers are to those questions, you, you might need to talk them through with your husband or wife or a close friend who can, who can help you with these sort of things. Get some help. Get some encouragement. Get some accountability if you need that. Keep watch over yourself. Before we talk about watching over anybody else or any other group of people, Firstly, keep watch over yourself. And by the way, you have to keep asking those questions. It's not just to ask them once and you're good to go. You need to keep coming back to them. So number one, keep watch over yourself. Number two, watch out for one another. Watch out for one another. Galatians 6 verse 1 says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Now, there is much in Scripture about loving and caring for one another. And we often think that this is about showing practical love and care to, to one another. And indeed it is. We think of it in a loving, caring, pastoral, encouraging way. And it is. But listen, a loving, caring, pastoral, encouraging way is also about drawing attention to sin or the serious likelihood of it. It's not fun. It's not nice. But it is loving if you do it in the right way. In Paul's instructions, the Gentile, the, the Galatians rather, the, the key word there is gently. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, he says to the Galatians. And notice too, it's about restoration rather than judgment. You seeking to win back your brother or sister, to restore them to God and to the community of the church. It's a gentle, loving thing, even though it's difficult and challenging. Now, not many of us like challenging and difficult conversations. Not many of us relish confrontation. But listen, you might be able to restore someone who's walking away from God. 
you might be able to bring them back. And like I said earlier, sometimes it's about the direction of travel. Maybe you can see someone starting to make some unwise choices. You can see that things are heading in the wrong direction. And you say to someone else, oh, if I don't sort this out, it's going to end in tears or something similar. They need warning. Well, maybe you're the person to lovingly and gently bring that warning to them. A watchman's role is to warn, to make aware. And sometimes we need others to be watchmen for us and to make us aware of what we're doing. Watching over others would include watching over your family if you have one. And if we had the time, we could probably spend a lot longer on that as well. That would probably be a whole other section. So firstly, watch over yourself. Secondly, watch over others. Watch over those that God has given you care over. Those in your family, maybe. Those in your small group. Those you're in relationship with in the church. Watch out for one another out of love. Do it gently, but do it. Watch out. Thirdly, then, watch out for the church. Acts 20, let's go back to that passage once again. Keep, uh, this is verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Goes on in verse 29. Paul says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Paul had to warn the Ephesian elders that savage wolves would come into the church. Wolves bringing false doctrine, false teaching, leading people away from the truth, away from the grace of God and their relationship with Jesus. He told them to watch out, to keep watch over the church, to be on their guard. So we need to watch out over God's church, particularly so if you're in a leadership position, even more so if you're an elder. This was an instruction to the elders, remember, here uh, in Acts 20. But for all of us, uh, let's test what's being taught against Scripture itself. Check it out for yourself. Now, that's one of the reasons we, we should take our Bible to church. I believe it's so important when you're listening to somebody talk and someone to somebody to preach, have your Bible open in front of you. Does it actually say that? Or are they making it up? Is it, is it what the word of God really says? Let's keep watch for those that might come in and bring false teaching or seek to lead people away from Jesus. What would the watchman do? He let the gatekeeper know whether to open or shut the gate and depending upon whether the approaching individual was friend or foe and he would warn so so friends if you're concerned about something come talk to us let us know let's together watch out for the church of god let's together watch out 
for his church, his community, a people, his body. That's number three. Number four is watch out for enemy attack. Watch out for enemy attack. In 1 Peter 5, we read this. Be alert, says Peter in verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Be alert and of sober mind. You know, when a soldier's in a battle, maybe literally on a battlefield, he or she can see the enemy approaching. That They know that up ahead are other enemy forces and so they're, they're alert that they're, they're, they're wise to this there's no doubt for them as to who the enemy is that they're, they're up ahead now if your company website has been hacked and and you receive an email from the hacker demanding payment to get it back there's no doubt as to who the enemy is but friends as christians sometimes we can forget who our enemy is Sometimes we even forget we have one. Satan is not merely interested mildly in what you're doing as a Christian. He's working actively against it. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for dinner, looking for someone to devour right now. You need to watch out for enemy attack. I was having a conversation about this with uh, some fellow leaders recently, and and I was saying, I think we're quite good at looking back at a situation and going, oh, yeah, I remember that situation, and I think that was a spiritual attack. We we look back on something and, and see it for what it was. What I believe we need to get better at is seeing it in the moment, recognizing enemy attack in the moment and calling it out and and praying and seeking God to break in and to preserve and to act on our behalf. Let's get better at spotting the schemes of the enemy in the moments. Watch out for enemy attack. And the next one, number five, watch out for what God is doing. Watch out for what God is doing. You know, positively, let's watch for what God is doing and celebrate it. And when you see God moving, bless it. If God is working powerfully in another church, rejoice in it. Thank him for it. When, when God starts to work in the hearts of your friends, jump on it. Pray for, pray for them. Pray for what God is doing. Let's, let's positively watch for what God is doing both around us in, in the church and also wider wider afield as well. I said there were going to be five things. There's, there's actually six. So here's the, uh, here's the bonus one. Number six, keep watching for the return of Jesus. Keep watching for the return of Jesus. We read in Matthew 25, in verse 13, Jesus says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And it's true, we don't. We don't know when Jesus will return, but we do know it will happen. And friends, it's closer now 
than it's ever been. So let's keep watching. Let's stay alert. Be aware. The Bible tells us that many will be deceived. So let's make sure we're reading God's word, seeing what he has had to say on the subject ahead of time. Let's keep reading his word, understanding it, asking him questions about it, but staying alert and looking forward to keep watching for the return of Jesus. Scripture has quite a lot to say about this subject. You know, we don't know the exact day and the hour, but we, we do know that Jesus is coming back for, for his church, for his people. So let's keep watching and praying and asking God indeed that it would be soon. But there are, there are many things that need to happen first. And so we could look at that if we had more time. We don't today. But let's not lose the big picture. Let's not lose where things are going. Let's keep watching for the return of Jesus. Now, there ended up being so much more here than I imagined when I first sat down to, to plan out this message. And when I started looking initially at these few verses in, in Nehemiah 7, I thought, oh, Lord, what are you saying to us? It's about the gatekeepers and, and guards and watchmen. What, what are you saying to us? But actually, as it's turned out, I believe God, God has been saying a lot to us. And so, so I hope as, as we've looked at these things over this, this two-week, this two-parter, you feel that God has applied some of this to your life. I know God's been speaking to it to me about it, and I'm sure to you as well. Isn't it the case often we, we read some scripture, we read some verses and think, Lord, what are you saying? But once we put ourselves in that position, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, guess what? He does. And that's what I believe God has been doing over these, these couple of weeks in this passage. God has been speaking to us and applying his word to us. We're called to be watchmen and watchwomen. Let's be those who ask God to help us to watch, firstly over ourselves and then, then over others as well. To be those who watch, to be those who warn, to be those who look forward to the return of Jesus. And in so doing, see the church built, see strong marriages and families established, see great friendships and thriving communities and the kingdom of God advance. That's what we're looking for, dear friends. Let's be part of seeing that happen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've called us to watch firstly over ourselves and then over others and so we pray as we've used this phrase being watchmen on the wall being those who watch I pray you'd help us to fulfill those roles well both for ourselves and others that you've put around us God help us to look out for others to care for others to bring warning when necessary Help us positively to watch for what you're doing and encourage it and bless it and thank you for it. Help us too to watch out for and look forward to the return of Jesus. And so, Father, we pray that you would be with us in the coming week. You'd go with us and help us to put these words and others into practice. For your glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.